Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello and welcome to this FIFA 21 Gameplay Pitch Notes discussion. An excellent panel of guests, including one who's already played an early version of FIFA 21, go through the new gameplay features and give their thoughts. I'm your host Ben and this is the Foot Weekly Podcast brought to you by our supporters. Let's get into it and I'll introduce our first guest. A regular around these parts of course happy to have you back again after quite a few consecutive weeks actually japes uh, welcome back yeah i'm making a uh, what's the word i'm looking for here i'm making it a thing i don't know that's not what i'm looking for but yeah, yeah. I'm, happy, <laughs> I'm happy to be back talking fifa 21 really plenty of things to dive into and talk about so excited to have these other guests uh with us today yeah we also have someone who's actually tried the game already which is great and it is a very early build, of course, we should say. But yeah, let me introduce Taz, who runs The Guide, which is a YouTube channel I've mentioned quite a few times across the course of the year. Loads of really good guides, as you'd expect, around FIFA. It's a long-running thing. And, and Taz, you've been around the scene for a while. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm smiling when you said the words about The Guide. I'm happy to hear such words. As you mentioned, we provide tutorial content for everybody who wants to get better at the game. And as you mentioned also before, I'm in the scene for quite some time now. I started as a YouTuber. Now I was in between. I was competing as well before being pro was as prominent. So before FIFA 17, when FIFA Champions was introduced and uh, competed at the German Championship. And then in FIFA 17, I actually qualified as well for a qual- for regional qualifiers, so for the European one. And yeah, now for two or three years, we provide helpful content on the guide. Yeah, no, it is fantastic. I would encourage people to be subscribed to that head of uh, FIFA 21. And another person that you're probably, if you're listening, quite possibly anyway, already subscribed to, it is Nepenthes. Nep, welcome back. How are we doing? Yeah, thanks very much. I don't quite have the uh, the resume of Taz there, no. but I, I have got top 100 squad battles for three years in a row. So that's pretty yeah. <laughs> well, you have to be dedicated for exactly. this. Okay, and recent um, pro clubs, Division One Championship striker phenom, right? Yeah, yeah, three titles. It's not bad. It's not bad. Might go pro, but you know, it's a it's just another another one of those things that you just have time for now, and then as soon as 21 comes out, it, there's just no time. Yeah. And actually, I mean. It's an interesting point in terms of content creation, and this isn't really related to exactly what we're going to discuss in this episode, but we have already heard, and it's confirmed, that we're going to have Cop in for um, Nep as someone who's yes. creating content. Is, is that a good thing for you? I guess it's going to add another dimension, right? Oh, yeah, that's a massive thing. Funnily enough, having him here, a lot of people ask me all the time who's like the favourite player you've ever played with the clubs, and for me it is Japes. Like, the way he plays clubs, the way he plays FIFA in general is just exceptional and like he just has a very very good footballing brain so having co-op involved you know I, I, I play very well with skills I play very well with a few other guys but 
you know, being able to go 2v2 co-op with like someone like Japes in Ultimate Team, there's there's some damage to be done. Mm. There's some good content to Don't be made. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. <laughs> you know, there was, was Japes on the pod last week, like, oh, I don't really care about co-op. I don't have anyone to play with. Now, you know, here we are a week later and he's... Uh... Yeah, that's right. Anytime, Nep, you let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. And so let's move into what we're going to talk about today. I just wanted to quickly mention before we go into the gameplay pitch notes, I have done a podcast, which is me reading the pitch notes, because I wanted to make this all about the discussion, not having to explain things in so much depth. And the pitch notes do do a pretty good job of explaining most of the stuff. Obviously, it's not the same as getting hands on like Taz has, but it's still a good thing to read or to listen to on that podcast. So what I'll start off with is what we had at the top of that list and something they were very sure about letting you understand early on, I guess, is player personality. And Japes, we talked about it when we had the shortlist maybe two weeks ago or a week ago. What are your thoughts now having got more of an idea of what it actually is? Yeah, so I think it has to be said to begin with here. They really indicated that positioning for attacking players and defensive awareness for uh, defensive players are going to be the biggest impacting things for this player personality. But I found myself as I was reading it being like, this is exciting. I love the level of detail. But also, what did those things do previously? Like, how did the, how did those mm. attributes interact in past iterations of FIFA? So, like, you know, I, I think it's the idea and the concept behind player personality is fantastic. Like all of these players in FIFA that have been quote unquote unusable in previous years due to their pace or, you know, whatever it might be that are truly world-class players, the, the chance now, and I'm saying it's a chance because we don't know how that's going to interact with chem styles, how that's going to interact when you build an ultimate team. I think for regular kickoff, it's likely to be exceptional, but uh, the concept behind it is incredibly exciting. I agree. I think the principle behind it sounds very good. I have to say, in past years, they've definitely said when I've interviewed the producers that it's not just, say, short passing that impacts short passing. There's a lot of other stats involved. And what they seem to be saying here is that, you know, there are going to be lots of other stats involved in something like short passing, things like composure, et cetera, et cetera. Now, to me, it feels more like they're significantly buffing the impact those things have rather than necessarily making composure important for passing for the first time ever if you like yeah I, th- I think before this i think just reiterating what jape says i'm i like the idea of the player personalities for head to head but i think for ultimate team when you apply chem styles the boosts are so great you're either going to make players that shouldn't be good as good as players that are great just a completely removing the beauty of a harry kane or you know a, a max hummels or someone like that based on pace or you're going to have an extreme pay to win level in the early months where the best players are far and away better than anything anyone else can get hold of Mm. so i'm very curious to see how they get it right in ultimate team but with regards to what you said there about like short passing and stuff like you said short you know short passing it's not just short passing and here one of my biggest frustrations with the lack of communication and transparency from ea is what is it? How how does it get impacted by other stats? To what degree? How relevant are those stats? Like how relevant is composure when coupled with passing? How relevant is technique or uh, you know ball control or pace? Like the fact that we don't know just I think is a big big problem as to why this game always falls off 
very very quickly and becomes a meta mess yeah exactly because people start to think oh this stat is the only important thing and then because that stat is the only important thing they're forced into playing a way which takes advantage of that stat specifically it's normally pace isn't it i mean i, I did put together a foot information podcast which people can access as supporters of the pod which breaks down each individual stat which i think is probably the only resource that does that around and that's just based off say producer interviews me playing the game for a long period and various things that i've picked up over time and it is pretty accurate but it's not perfect and i think the key thing that i don't know and that they need to inform us of especially when they're talking about this player personality stuff is how much specific stats impact different actions not just what stats do impact the action but how much say composure impacts it and in what ways because it is really important to how people play the game how people select players and all those kind of things but anyway taz you played the game in terms of this player personality element they seem to be stressing how essentially mental attributes and high vision high defensive awareness are going to have more of an impact this is something that's quite hard to gauge especially as you you didn't play the game perhaps as much as you'd like but what are your thoughts from what you did play so what i can tell you and i think you might be quite happy about it so what i heard from japes and nepentis here so i played quite some games and with different teams and then i decided to play with barcelona and i can tell you the first time that the ball got to messi i actually noticed a real difference it felt insane to play Messi I can tell you so Messi has all over very good attributes and what's described in the pitch notes it's just like that if you have a player who's good in several areas you will notice that and I can tell you from the way how it was to play with Messi in comparison to other players you could notice that but I'm also with Nepentis here when he's saying like in, in the beginning of FIFA Ultimate Team this can be a struggle because if you have players like these when when they are so good that it's such a big difference, it's obviously more in the direction of pay to win in the beginning. Especially. Yeah, exactly. I think one of the interesting things that they talk a lot about is how this is going to affect positioning. And when we'd thought about this before, when Japes and I were discussing it, we were talking about how maybe this was sort of a trait or something like that, but it actually just seems like they're going to do more around positioning. Is that right, Taz, that it's not that there's a trait which is positioning personality or something like that. It's just that they've tuned the way that positioning has an impact. I mean, overall, I'm, I noticed uh, quite a difference in, in the positioning, especially in attack, and not so much in defense, I would say, but I think this will be more observable when I play against another mm. human. But in general, like attacking AI and positioning in FIFA 20 was horrible. Well, it was a nightmare, as I also said in one of the videos, because like it was so stale. The players didn't move. They always went into offset positions and stuff like this. And I played with the high rated teams in, in the beta only against AI, as I mentioned before. And, um, you, you notice a big difference in the way how they moved, they, how they stayed off uh, on site and didn't go into the offset positions. And you, you were able to regain some trust, which I, I can tell I, I lost this trust in FIFA 20 because all of the time the players were either in, in offside positions or hiding behind a defender or just went into a position where I was not really able to play a pass to them. And for me, this was one of the biggest changes I noticed in the beta that in general, the players in attack moved much smarter. But as I said, I only played with high rated teams and it's going to be interesting to see how this is going to be for for lower rated players because i would argue that even though the low rated players should 
still behave more like more smarter than in FIFA 20 because in FIFA 20 it was not good. Uh, I think I think one of the questions we got here is a good one to bring in. Um, Hubert is asking about how attacking positioning and defensive positioning is going to feed into, I guess, instructions and work rates because there is a sort of limited scope to what you can do with a player's positioning stat if they're told to do one specific thing by instructions or are limited in the amount of work they're doing in that area by work rates. Also, he points out, obviously a good attacking position is a bad defensive position. So how are they going to work all these different elements into this system? I don't know, Japes, maybe that's asking an impossible question, but that is one of the problems that we're going to face. How obvious is this new positioning personality going to be if actually instructions and work rates are what is dictating a lot of what's going on? Yeah, I I think probably much uh, less prevalent. Like, you know, I think if you think about it from a managerial perspective, you and you're a manager and you give your team and player instructions, you're basically telling them to like not just go express themselves on the pitch as well, which you would assume then that the uh, awareness and personality aspects are going to become like less and less important if you're, you know, in that system. Like when you think about Pep at Barcelona, there are many players that had instructions, but Messi was given the entire ability at that false nine role to express how he feels on the pitch and and do what he wants to do. So given freedom to, you know, showcase his personality, if you will, I think is the way EA is looking at it. Now, with that said, if you're running a system, you want players to respond to the instructions that you're putting on them in many in many ways, regardless of their um, personality and awareness. But, uh, you know, I, can I say for certain how that's going to end up interacting with each other? Like, is there a crossover point when they're 90 rated in defensive awareness to where they'll ignore your instructions if it's a the right thing to do in the situation or if they're always going to respond to those instructions it's it's something that we can speculate about as much as we want right now but until we start toying with all the different possibilities we're going to have no idea yeah Nep, have you got anything to add in terms of that element? yeah no i mean i, I would i would agree with that I, th- I think one thing that i think has gone just completely like under the radar is that that you know they have buffed offense and defense which feels like we're back at square one. Mm. You can't make the attackers be better and more intelligent and and have this new player personality and then immediately like just remove that functionality by also making the defender be well better positioned and have the defensive personality. So for me, it's it, like as Jape says, I think it's, it's just we're just gonna have to wait and see how the game actually responds to these things because until we get a hold of that. It's, you're just never going to know and, and I think it's just going to be a world different by the time the actual game comes out with all of these personality aspects that are clearly uh, important on ratings part of me really really hopes that there's a chance for chem styles to either be taken out entirely or way toned down yep 100%. you know that lifespan of the game that you talk about in the beginning where it feels like you're coming up against different teams and different style players because everybody's not 99 rated that should elongate that period. And so with these, with this personality idea coming into the game, I almost think they have to tone down chem styles. Yeah. 
I totally agree. And I think DJ here asked the classic question, will Tony Cruz be usable on FIFA 21? Yeah. Which is, you know, the age old question. Every year we go into a new game and, and people ask this. And, you know, every year I asked it of the producers. It, it's one of those things, though. It's a bit of a facetious question in a way, because obviously once everyone has 99 everything, but he ha- still has 60 pace, obviously by that point, he's obviously not going to be usable because all the other players are maxed out on every area and he's got below 60 pace still it is that thing of like as the game progresses and the power curve comes in that does affect these things quite significantly and i I don't know i still think with a well-balanced game every formation should be viable every tactic should be viable in in a manner if somebody wants to play super defensive that's fine but if i can counter that that's perfect this year it was the 4-2-3-1 narrow or the 4-1-2-1-2 narrow I, i i think japes you had some success with the 3-5-2 this year but there are just generally two or three formations that are super overpowered and that's it. If, the, if, if EA can balance it right, having just a literal like holding midfielder like a like a Xavi Alonso or a Xavi or a Tony Kroos or somebody like that that doesn't need pace but is, is the link between the back line, the midfield and the attack, that would be brilliant. I don't need to be sprinting at 50 miles per hour, 60 miles per hour with him because walking a couple of spots and then picking out a perfect pass should be acceptable yeah i guess the problem is though right we reach a point in the year when there's basically a vidal who has massively boosted pace and he's got the same passing abilities and all that kind of stuff yeah as cruz but yeah. he has more pace nah, yeah. but then i see what you mean in terms of in the earlier game period maybe the first few months someone like cruz still wasn't very usable because pace was still you know yeah. super important yeah just to add to that a little bit i think what's interesting this game is they talk about personalities if you look at a player like tony cruz Attacking wise, his I can't remember all of the stats that they said now go into passing, whether it's like vision, composure, that type of thing. So in build up play, a player like Tony Cruz, assuming that he's accurately portrayed via his stats, should be actually quite good and quite useful And midfield composition should be important. And defensively, he's quite defensively aware. Now, that's not to say you know, Tony Cruz, when you look at his career, the different formations that he's played in or had success in are quite similar. So, you you know, I think what's what's interesting about this conversation as it relates to his defensive awareness and his attacking ability and his passing ability is the way I read the pitch notes. There's maybe room for Tony Cruz to be successful, particularly in the beginning, if you are putting him in the right situation to succeed. Mm. Because if you're trying to do this like quick counterattacking style, like Tony Cruz, probably not the guy for you unless you're using him as an outlet immediately from your back line and you're trying to have him just ping passes all over the place. That's what I'm hoping when it comes to how all these stats work together, that I have to think about midfield composition and not just play Antoine Griezmann, who has like 50 awareness or whatever, as a CM, and he's one of the best players in the game because of his aggression. To Nep's point, when he was talking about how players are going to upgrade throughout the year and whether positioning personality or player personality is going to increase along with that, it seemed that from the pitch notes, it's to do with the stats, if you like. So positioning personality is more about defensive awareness and attack positioning rather than some trait that they're adding into the game so hopefully that means that we will see players get better at doing those things but as you were both saying i totally agree i think if 
we do have this kind of system, we really don't want the massive boost that we see at the moment from chemstyles. I wanted to move us on a little bit. I would argue any boost. Or, or maybe any boost. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've come yeah. around to that over time, I think. So anyway, let's talk about the next part of this, which I think we talked about how both defensive positioning and attacking positioning have both been buffed, which is obviously a concern considering I think the consensus this year was that the defensive side of things was too strong. With the creative runs mechanic being introduced where you can manually direct players to make runs, perhaps that's something that's going to give an advantage to the attacker. Taz, you've obviously tried this out. What are your thoughts having used it a bit? So in the beginning, it's it's quite unusual. It's something that you have to, to learn, similar maybe to when time finishing was introduced that you now have to double tap to to then perform a good green time finish. Similar now you have to learn a new mechanic that you have to perform on the motoric aspect that you have to flick the right stick after going for a pass or after triggering a run with the L1 or LB button, for example. And like this is the first hurdle that you have to take, that you have to overcome, that you have to learn this motoric aspect. And the next one is that you actually recognize in what kind of situations it's useful because I think in the beginning you will just try try it out and just overdo it and you will hurt yourself doing it all the time because in a lot of situations the default one or no run at all would have been better and you started to do some creative runs which doesn't help you at all and I think it's at the point when we all find the right balance for it and recognize the situations recognize the space and do it decisively enough then I think it will be a very promising feature I have to say I think it's very powerful in earlier years, especially when I was calling for support, so I was calling a teammate short, it, for me it was always quite um, hurtful, so to say, when my player just approached me in a very linear mm-hmm. way. And even though he, he came closer to me, sometimes he was just keeping behind the, the opponent who was then able to just intercept the pass. And now I have much more room to navigate my players and I think therefore it can be very powerful. Yeah. I think, Japes, you talked recently on the pod about more defensive inputs. And I think we also talked a lot about how the AI attacking runs are pretty poor. And I've mentioned before myself about how frustrating it is when you trigger a forward run and they just run directly offside straight ahead of themselves. This does feel like something that could genuinely be very good because if it's done properly and it feels balanced and everything, you're getting a lot more control in your hands which i think is is good yeah control on the attack correct yeah yeah because this like my biggest concern here don't get this twisted don't get it wrong i think it's a really nice addition and should increase the skill gap because attackers that are able to master this skill via the off the ball movement should be in my opinion rewarded for that now defensively What's unclear to me is they seem to introduce this to the game without providing a defensive counter to it. So I'm optimistic and I like the idea and I like the inclusion. But again, this is just one of those things that unless properly balanced could create some real, real frustrations for players. I I mean, I couldn't agree more. I I think when they introduced time finishing, it was... It was, it was supposed to create a skill gap, but what it did is it, it closed any playstyle gap and everybody just foraged the same playstyle over and over. And I worry that with something like this, if, if it's not balanced right, is it just going to be a situation where the game just becomes, how can I manipulate a situation to then use the run 
to get through and score the easy goal. And that's all that people look for. And I think the term balance is something I've been screaming out for for three or four years since Champs was introduced, really, and play styles became very samey. And I worry that this new run feature is going to narrow that opportunity because as a brand new feature that may not have a defensive counter or may just generally be overpowered, it's all people will go for. And then it pigeonholes everybody else to have to play it themselves. And then before you know it, we're back at square one again with FIFA 19 and FIFA 20 gameplay where it's just a mess. I, I would disagree a little bit because like creative runs is nothing entirely new because you had runs in, in previous FIFAs. They were just linear, just going forward. But your job as a defender was always keep track of the opponent's runs. And now they just go maybe in slightly a different direction and you still have as a defender the, the same job. You have to balance out the way how you either put pressure on the guy who's controlling the ball or you have a priority on covering those runs. And therefore, I don't think it's going to be game-breaking or something that needs balance, so to say. It just needs more awareness of the defender and like when we were talking about positioning in the attack and also defending you were just pointing out that uh, you said that the attack got buffed but also the defense got buffed and therefore we are back at square one now this is something which gives you as an attacker another way how you can approach the attack and as a defender a new challenge which you have to have to face and therefore i think it's a slight buff for the attack because it gives you more room to do so but on the other hand it should be still manageable if you as a defender are aware enough and good enough to track runs or challenge the guy who's who's in ball possession here's the problem for for me and and you have the experience so tell me if i'm wrong when you make a manual run a defender will track that run automatically an AI defender yeah it's the same like in, in previous fifas the ai defenders are, are trying to mark or track this run. right yeah. so as an offensive player I now have multiple tools at my fingertips to pull your defense apart that you can't control as a defensive player because you can only do either control one player or second man press. This is what I meant, that you have to be aware, have to see what's going on on the pitch, and you have to be good with the players, which is obviously, it's always the same like in FIFA 20, FIFA 19. You have to be good in controlling the pitch as a defender in the way how you player switch. And yes, we can talk about how bad player switches were in in FIFA 19 and FIFA 20. I won't argue against this, but I think this is something which should be manageable as a defender, and you can rely to the AI or on the AI part. And I, I don't think relying on the AI... In, in FIFA 20 or FIFA 19 in the, in the defense was an issue. Yeah, because there were so many of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think what's interesting, Taz, that I'm hearing from you is when you have now all of these options to attack, you're making the decision-making super linear in a sense. Like you have one or two decisions. You either track the run or you try to tackle the ball player. In that linear situation, you're not rewarded for playing aggressive defensively. The one thing that they did add, though, is they've said they've changed the team press mechanic to be pretty instant and won't be something that can be, I guess, overused or be used for too long. So that is a a new inclusion defensively. And I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. But still, I find that with the attacking is going to feel more rewarding when you're able to manually make these runs because you're going to make a run manually and you're going to be like, I made that run. That goal was good, and I created that. That feels good. Defensively, I'm really, really nervous because they haven't improved the inputs to add, we'll call it like defensive personality. To be fair, they have said that they've improved defensive positioning, right? So that might help in terms of lots of runs. Yeah, yeah, AI related, but there are lots of runs going to go on, I guess, that are decent. 
unlike this year. And so they're going to need it to improve that defensive mm. positioning. And you have up to five runs simultaneous. Is that right? Yeah, I think it said five runs simultaneously. Yeah. Right. And, and that, that's where my concern comes in because I can just send two guys, one left, one right to take you know, a fullback and a fullback away. And now all of a sudden I've got like a 3v2 situation against two centre-backs that you just can't account for. Like that, that, that would be my concern. So I think, yes, it's up to five players performing these kind of runs or that you can trigger. But if you manage to, to trigger five of these runs at the same time or really close by, I think you deserve something <laughs> for it because <laughs> it's going to be very challenging, I have to say. So therefore, yes, this could be some way where it can screw up or where it could be very overpowered if you manage like as Nep said like one to the left side one to the right side but you still you have to get into, into the position and have the time to actually do the input and if you as a defender are aware and, and understand what's going on that then you can challenge the guy who's actually controlling the ball at the moment who's dribbling and therefore when yeah, he's doing fair. this kind of input he can't maybe can't react as fast to to the when you put pressure on him and also something i don't think it's going to be so much beneficial but there is a new way how you can tackle it's like with r1 and it's mentioned in the pitch notes as well which is an instant hard tackle i don't think it's going to be widely used because usually it's kind of risk if you go for hard tackles because usually you only do it when when the opponent has not as much of control of the ball and i'm not quite sure if these are the situations that we're talking about if someone is deciding to lot, use a lot of creative runs that this is going to be a counter but at least this is something on the defensive part i don't know if this is the direction that air japes was going um that you have a new way of how you can go for instant hard tackles mm. for example i think we probably want to wrap up this topic of all the things in this article, I think this is probably the one that I'm looking forward to, A, trying out, but also I think looking forward to the impacts it might have on, you know, that skill gap. And while I know it does sound very skewed towards the attacking player, I don't really feel like after the year we've had, that's necessarily too bad a thing. And I'd very much rather the game was skewed towards the attacking yeah. player. And I'd also oh, say that I don't think it's going to be that easy to necessarily be triggering five runs. And then you've got the fact that obviously if you do that, you leave yourself quite exposed potentially so there is going to be a risk reward going on here i think and i'd just rather see uh lots of attacking runs that actually go to the right places than um see it skewed towards the defense so i'm hoping this is a, a big positive and i certainly something that i've actually i think i mentioned a couple of weeks ago banged on about quite a lot in terms of that control overrun more directly than we've ever had before is, is great to see and i think that's something that they've done in this pitch note is focused on having more things in there that people can actually control which i think is a positive i think one of the biggest things and i remember nep having you on just about when the crossing meta was coming to fruition if you like right yeah um, and we talked about well you were telling us about how you think it's going to be one of the most op things for the rest of the year and it obviously did end up being that way we obviously saw it massively nerfed this year to the extent that it's really not Shit. worth even attempting a cross even if you've got an open goal well, i think cross crossing is okay sorry yeah yeah attempting a header if you have an open yeah, goal useless yeah, yeah. Um, and they've done quite a lot on this and one of the things they've done basically is made heading manual in all competitive modes but when they say competitive modes they literally mean everything but career mode i think uh, <laughs> maybe not kickoff as well and so in, in all foot modes, you're going to have to use manual heading, which apparently has an accuracy boost, which somewhat compensates for the fact it's manual. But it means that 
they've added more skill theoretically to heading and so feel a bit more comfortable making it effective. Taz, did you try many crosses? It's not exactly the easiest thing to do against the AI perhaps, but... Actually it was because I wasn't aware that manual is going to be the default in FIFA Ultimate Team and therefore I didn't thought about turning it or setting it to manual and I played with assisted mm. headers on. And therefore I can't talk about manual headers, uh, which I think is a, is a maybe a good way to approach it because yes, heading was... It's quite it's too easy with the assistance on but on the other hand i i can imagine that like manual headers can be quite hard because if you have ever turned on like the shooting assistance to manual mm. you notice that usually you're aiming when you when it's, it comes down to shooting for example is totally off most of the time you're going to aim beyond the goal and, and stuff like this and therefore i think this can be a quite drastic change that now with the headers on manual you have to relearn in a very specific situation, I think this is also quite tricky because if you mix it, like the passing on, on assisted or Zemi and, and shooting on assisted, for example, and then only a small part, which is manual, you have to rewire your brain for this kind of situation. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to just ask about crossing as well because that is something that's had a number of new, what they're calling trajectories added. So you can cross in a couple of different ways. Did you notice any of those? I mean, I don't feel like crossing, as Net was saying, was that terrible in itself this year is more the heading element but i mean what is super interesting i think is that they actually changed how the assistance works yeah. and how the settings affect your crosses and this is something which uh was surprising for me in the beginning because at the beginning default is assisted and when you compare it to fifa 20 and, and before the default was always semi if i'm not mm. mistaken usually like everybody plays crossing assistance on semi most of the time and therefore i the first thing that i did was i changed it to semi and my first crosses were ho horrible because if you not aim properly and just aim how you do it right now with the semi-assistance, the crosses will go end up yep. in the stands. And so then I switched back to assisted because I noticed, all right, it seems like there's a big change about the assistance. And overall, because the AI was not as good in tracking runs on the, on the, on, on the flanks or on the wings, um, I had a lot of crossing situations, a lot of two versus one situations, which I was able to solve with crossing and crossing um, so in these situations felt very good I have to say and there are a lot of di different options I tried some of them out for some uh, I didn't felt as much difference in between but overall I think there can be quite a lot of ways to score now from crosses yeah and, and Nep I mean what are your thoughts on this are you going to bring Ibrahimovic back to left cam <laughs> <laughs> well I don't know maybe team of the season or team of the year Sergio Ramos back up there he was alright but <laughs> I, I think again, it just comes into the whole player personality, doesn't it? Like, as an Arsenal fan, I probably shouldn't say this, but I would love nothing more than to use a Harry Kane in foot champs and it be viable. And I don't mind the manual heading. I'm absolutely all for anything that increases the skill gap <laughs> if manual heading is there and it, and it relies on people to have to actually put the time in to remap their brain and, and some of their core functions. I'm all for that because the the people that just play robotic and get rewarded for it that I don't feel like that should be the way you know um so yeah um, I, I like the idea of the new crossing opportunities and new crossing trajectories but just going to be a case of I can't really judge until yeah. we get out there and actually play the game totally and also see how things develop right because people only find ways to exploit the certain mechanics maybe after a month or so of game release to be honest it sometimes even yeah. takes longer than that so it is quite hard to know let's uh, move on to something else then unless japes you have any particular strong thoughts on crossing that uh no 
<laughs> not, not, not really. <laughs> well, that's, that's good then because uh, I wanted to move us on to passing and passing has come in for a lot of criticism. We know, of course, Valerio's come on the podcast, talked a lot about it and how you can get a pretty good outcome without doing anything of any particular skill, you know, when the ball just seems to go through as a through ball when you do a regular ground pass. And I think the fact that they've reworked through balls and also hopefully removed the fact that you get this pass that magically beats a defender should be a good thing. And the way they're looking at through balls, I think, is with the idea that they're more something that you direct into space rather than something that you direct at a player and then it sends them into space. Because one of the problems we have at the moment is the way through balls work is that you can target some space and try and play the through ball into that space. But actually what it's really doing is targeting a player and then playing the ball into that space as a result of the player that's been targeted. So it looks like the way that things are going to change is that you can actually target the space more and you won't have this problem, which I have had loads of times where you aim for the space, but actually the space is closer to another player who you didn't want to play the through ball to and the ball goes to that player rather than the one that you wanted. So hopefully that is going to create a more rewarding and more skill-based through ball system. But Taz, you have had a go with this. What were your thoughts on passing? Overall, yeah, passing, the passing system in FIFA is like... If you're aiming to a player which is marked, there shouldn't be an assistance which helps you to to avoid the opponent, right? I think this is like a lot of people of the core players feel like this. I don't know which FIFA they introduced it where the passing assistance helps you avoiding the opponent, but only in certain situations. So, But coming back to FIFA 21, it's coming down to the game. It's coming down to playing against another human and I will see how what kind of decisions my opponent is going to take, how much, how good I read him read him and still he's going to get away with it yeah, yeah. if this is like the the case that he can play passes which i easily read and and still would and, and usually would intercept but the assistance helps him to avoid me i'm not a big fan of it but playing against the ai i can't uh, talk too much about it i mean they said the what is it ground pass assistant changes to minimize the avoidance of an opponent's players mm. when making an assisted ground pass. I mean, to me, if they get that right, then we're in business. Yeah, like, that's if, true. If, if that is that's right, like that's the only bullet I needed right there. And so when I, you know, get mm. my my defender in between the attacker and the player they're trying to pass to, and because they just use a ground pass, it happens to look like a through pass when they actually should have chosen to play a like shorter through pass to lead the player into space beyond me, but they don't do that and the pass automatically does it. I can think of multiple times that it's happened in competitive play as well where players make the wrong pass selection and the assisted pass just creates a through pass behind the defender. So if they get that if they get that right and that bullet is good, that's great. We're in business. I think the other thing that they said was that, um, oh gosh, it was something about short, long passing vision and composer attributes. Like, again, if those attributes actually matter for how you pass and how passing into space works with players, like, I think that's probably a good thing because then that gets back to the Tony Cruz point and like, if his passing feels flawless and it always goes where you want it to go because he's Tony freaking Cruz. That's great, but that's also going to lead to outrageous levels of frustration for foot players that are using less than perfect passers. So maybe they'll have to adapt and passing is a stat that actually becomes important because 
like God only knows it's important in the game itself. So maybe this will be the year that it's important in FIFA. It, it, with, with composure, vision, and then short and long passing being important for me for through balls, that's so valuable because it is a, a massive, massive counter to one depth drop back because a lot of people play one depth drop back get the ball with a fullback or a centre-back and just bang a mindless pass up the field and it just connects. Mm. And that shouldn't be the way it should be. It should, like, you shouldn't be able to take, like, a regular Robertson or Jordi Alba in the early days and be able to play pinpoint accurate 80-yard through balls to a, to a striker. So I think when that comes into play, and again, hopefully with lack of chemistry and chem styles, hopefully not just boosting stats dramatically actually having to work to a midfielder or a creative player to play a through ball and get the benefits from it i'm looking forward to a lot yeah i couldn't agree with that i think we have to see how this one goes it's one of those things it's very hard to judge based on you know the little amount that taz has played but also just from the pitch notes and i think this is a point that quite a few people have around these pitch notes and i think it's always the case you know how much can we actually believe what they're going to be adding into the game I think the, the issue EA have had for so many years is they're reactive not proactive right they react to the last year's games problems and try to balance those issues not thinking about the new issues that that will open up and create in the game and then the next year balances those issues and the cycle continues so I think whilst it is always a good thing that they're trying to balance the issues of the last iteration of FIFA I, I just I don't know if they don't think about the things that are going to have that are going to come in. I, don't, I think that's unfair. I just don't think mm-hmm. they have the time or the resources to fix them in time before yeah, they get yeah, broken. I, I think I mentioned this in a pod a couple weeks ago, but you almost want there to be like two teams for FIFA that in some ways rotate off years. So they're the team that's building FIFA 22 is is starting now with that in mind and so they're yeah. they're forward thinking about what the game can be how it should play and the 21 team was thinking about that relative to 19 obviously when you're putting out a game and putting out this much content and then trying to adjust the game based on all of the data that you're getting from all the games that are being played by millions no i don't know is it millions of players it's probably millions of players globally yeah um yeah then I genuinely would like to think that there is one session each year at EA at least where all of the guys sit down in a room and you think like I just think it's a good exercise always to say completely blank slate here. If we were to build a football game from the ground up, what would we want it to be like? What would we want it to include? And if those things aren't in the game, focus on proactively building them into the game or rebuilding systems that you've been just putting band-aids on for years and build it in a smarter, better way for the future rather than just being reactive to what you've already put out there and just trying to put on little building blocks yeah. and band-aids along the way. Hmm. I want to talk a bit about why I'm slightly more hopeful than previously on that. And it's something that Taz and I have been involved in. So I might leave it to the end because I know Nep has to go quite soon and we may be able to just fill people in on what that is after that but i wanted to bring up a couple more gameplay elements um before nep has to go the main one that i think is worth focusing on i don't see this as being a massive thing really but it's been one of their key focuses and it's agile dribbling using rb to do this extra special dribble thing and you've also got the fact that there's this automated contextual dribble that your player will do to go around players 
uh, in tight spaces to me it sounds a bit of a concern because it sounds like something that's not involving manual inputs but could give you an advantage a contextual anything in my personal opinion <laughs> needs to go right like my opponent should never ever be rewarded because the game decided so so like even now sometimes your player will just loft the pass over a tackle so you've made you've put you've positioned yourself perfectly defensively you've made that slide tackle and the ai just decides no we're going to make this one count mm. I, I, I don't like that at all with the contextual dribbling that they have it, I, I think it's one of those things that is like ultimate team is unrealistic just in at its core that's the whole point of it right so i don't mind it too much but i don't want to see people grabbing any tom dick and harry pressing the contextual or the the agile dribbling button to be able to move the ball in a way to be able to get better angles for passes and stuff because it just makes the gameplay unrealistic mm -hmm. like it's the same thing with the la croqueta spams and the el tornado crosses and things I, I like the skill move revamp in general i like what they've done i like the fact that everybody can do a skill move but now it's determined on their how quickly they do it is based on their skill moves and their like dribbling attributes mm. and whatnot. I, I like That's all really of that. Um, but yeah, I, th I think this agile dribbling, I, I think I think it's their way of trying to capture what some very unique players can and have done in games. And I think it's just going to be like overpouring in the game. You know, it's, it's like we've seen people score a Rabona goal before we don't have a Rabona shot button, you know? So I don't think just because we've seen people do this dribbling technique before that everybody should now all of a sudden have the capability to do this dribbling technique. Mm. Well, I think, Taz, you were saying having tried it or that other people have been saying who had a go with this, that actually turning it on wasn't necessarily a huge advantage because it gave you less control. And if it's not something that actually has a high percentage chance of beating your, the opponent, then it doesn't really help you much more than taking control yourself i mean there there are two layers to it like first of all just the normal agile dribbling so you, you press the r1 or rb button and go for the mm. agile dribbling with the left stick um, unfortunately i can't really say much about it because i was playing against the ai and the ai doesn't really try to get to the ball in a way how usually a human opponent would do and therefore for me i didn't see any real benefit in it i wasn't really able to outmaneuver the AI defender with it and for me there was no real, pur no real purpose using it. On the other hand about the contextual dribbling uh, contextual agile dribbling and this is something which makes sense to me I got the recommendation from also from a gameplay dev that I should turn it off because it helps maybe someone who's not as aware in the way how he should dribble, how he can protect the ball and in, in, in turning away from the opponent and stuff like that but me as a more experienced player I want to have full control about what's going on. And for me, it's not really a benefit if some all of a sudden my player or the game decides now would be a good time to turn on the the, the agile dribbling and therefore do does like one or two or three touches with the agile dribbling, which I, as a player who's controlling the, the guy on the ball, didn't really want to, to do. Mm, yeah. And therefore, for me, it would be better to turn it off because then I have full control over the player and I can, and can turn away in the way I want to and can protect the ball in that fashion but if i have it on then all of a sudden the player is not maybe going to turn because for me i not only want to protect the ball but also want to set up the next play want to turn to my teammate to prepare a pass but when there's in between some agile dribbling touches all of a sudden because the game decided so it's going to ruin maybe my my timings 
or going to ruin my direction that I'm um, facing at the moment. Mm. And therefore, personally, the first thing that I'm going to do if I have the next chance to playing FIFA 21 and even in, in the final build, the first thing that I'm going to do is turn it off and see how left stick, left stick dribbling is going to feel then. Because when I was playing, sometimes I had the feeling that well, this is a weird touch. Well, this this was not nothing that I anticipated to happen. And I think it was because of the contextual agile dribbling. And yes, I'm with Nep on, on this point that um, I'm not a big fan of that the game is going to maybe all of a sudden help someone who maybe got into a sticky situation and the game decides, hey, let's go for some agile dribbling touches here because it makes sense. I'm not a big fan of it, but I I think from my side, I still would be better off as a better player by turning it off because then I have more control what's going to ha what's going to happen. And that's where we leave the main feed version of this week's pod. There is still more because the extended edition is available, which includes chat around shooting and skill moves, as well as the super cancel, the biggest surprise playing FIFA 21 that Taz had, and a low-key improvement which could be massive. All of that in the extended edition available to supporters who, along with keeping the podcast going, get loads of other perks which, if you're interested in, you can get over at bit.ly slash morepods. That's bit.ly slash morepod. You get double the amount of podcast content for just $3 a month. That's what the price of a rare consumables pack or something like that. But if you're not planning to join us over there, then it's a good chance for me to say a huge thanks to those guests who came on this week. That includes, of course, Nepentes, who you can find pretty easily with just a Google, and Taz as well, who you can find by searching on YouTube for the guide. As I said, a great place to get your tips through FIFA 21. And of course, Japes as well, who you can find streaming on Twitch pretty much every Saturday. He's very easy to find, just air Japes. So without rambling on any longer a huge thanks to all of you for listening this week and a huge thanks too to all those supporters and those icon patrons dave b dj fifa player hugh j thomas alan g hunter b alistair martin m chris w coach fass matt l harry p sam b dean m david s robbie s tom b jordan paul s yannick h rich t stephen f kieran m Andrew L. M., Nick Jack M., Christopher R., Damon H., Tenacious C., Jonathan P., Lee A., Paul, Dominic, Rob P., Michael, Adam W., Stephen M., David, Anthony R., Pobius, Also Ran, Jeff B., Roger D., Dan W., Eric T., Jason B., Matt H., Savage P., and Sam M. G. A huge thanks, as always, for supporting the pod, and I'll look forward to catching you on the next one. That last song was dedicated to everyone who missed it because they were in the bathroom changing their tampon. And the next 12 hours of songs are for anyone who's trying the Diva Cup for the first time and is currently kicking back with uninterrupted period protection. Sound good to you? Check out the world's number one menstrual cup for yourself at shopdiva.com and get 10% off with code RADIO10. Conditions apply.